During this pandemic, a lot of businesses have people working from home. And now more than ever, IT services are very important. And on this episode of Harford Business Beat, I'm going to introduce you to a young gentleman that works for M&S Group, Chad Dukes. Let's hit that intro and get it started. Welcome to Harford Business Beat, featuring members of the Harford County Chamber of Commerce, sponsored by Harford County Living, bringing you all the good positive news, businesses, events, organizations, people, and just everything great here in Harford County. Go to HarfordCountyLiving.com and find out more. I'm your host, Rich Bennett. Let's go meet some members of the Chamber. Today we're sitting here with Chad Dukes of the MNS Group, and the MNS Group has been with uh, the Harford County Chamber of Commerce, I think, for a while, if I'm not mistaken, at least five or six years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So, um, Chad is not the owner. Chad, you're an account executive, right? That is correct. Yep. To- Toby Musser is our owner and CEO. Yep. Okay. Per- See, this I founder like t- founder CEO, but it's yeah. nice to talk to somebody different, and, and nothing against. You know, the owners of businesses out there, but sometimes to get, you know, information from somebody that works there. Yeah. Especially an account executive, because and I used to do, well, still do sales. You need to know about the company. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell you all, all the, all the secrets. I'll. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, how long have you been with MNS? So I've been with MNS for three years now. Okay. So I, I actually started out in IT as an engineer and quickly realized that spending my days in a basement, you know, fiddling with wires and ones and zeros was just <laughs> not really uh, not something I could I could sit and do. So I ended up going into sales and I didn't go into IT sales, at least initially. And then eventually I you know found found my way back home. What IT uh, company did you used to work for, if you don't mind me asking? So I used to work for a company called um, LHS SEMA Priority Call, which is okay. no longer in business. But um, it was they were a uh, tel- telecom, you know, information system. Like they created their own, uh, you know, product, and then it was so successful that Verizon bought it and okay. then disbanded the company. <laughs> were, were they down out of uh, Anne Arundel County? No, actually, it was um, it was up in Massachusetts. I oh, I, okay. yeah, I graduated from St. Mary's College in St. Mary's uh, County, Maryland, uh, and then my first job was working for that company up in New England. Nice telecommute, huh? I take it yeah, you a moved bit. up there. <laughs> yeah, I've absolutely moved up there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little different than St. Mary's County. A little different yeah. than Harford County. Yeah, a tad bit, I would say so. I live pretty much in Boston, so uh, going from you know the the relatively rural you know counties of maryland to the hustle and bustle of of boston it's a little bit of a culture shock i was going to say almost like sticker shock when you go to buy a new car or something oh when you when you go to buy a coffee anything it's (laughs) it's dramatically more expensive really everything up there is more expensive absolutely wow everyday cost of living is is a lot different than than i guess it's not much different than new york city True, I guess yeah, so. True. Yeah, and which is one of the reasons I don't visit there, just because <laughs> it's too expensive. So absolutely. Matt, tell us a little about M and S Group. How long they've been around, and what you guys actually do. 
So M&S Group is actually celebrating their uh, their twentieth uh, year in business this year. So, oh wow! Uh, we and of course in in March. So well well timed anniversary. Yeah. Day. But we we started out as a software development firm. We were doing uh, work with uh, companies like uh, Comcast and and other businesses to help them uh, be able to deliver video on demand. Uh, some some proprietary stuff we were working on around specifics around network and and mm-hmm. how networks work and be able to be able to deliver uh, packets. So so that was sort of where we got our start was in that world. But the the world of software development is. It's a bit. It's a little bit of feast or famine. You you have periods of time where you're you're working extremely busy, and then periods of time where you have you know a lot of downtime. But you right. have these highly skilled people, and what do you do with them when you're having you know periods of lulls? And so we developed a an IT component to the business to be able to start doing that sort of work, and then eventually that became that started to take over the company, this more regular, steady uh, information technology, networking, supporting companies with uh, help desk and helping with computer repairs and things of that nature started to slowly take over the business. And in uh, 2006, uh, the company split off its software development arm and created, you know, uh, M&S group as it stands today, which is a company that provides help desk, uh, network management, cybersecurity, uh, server monitoring, sort of the all the day-to-day things that you need to be able to run mm-hmm. a business, run it safely, that you, you can make sure that you're getting all the quality equipment you need. We help provide uh, with risk management, uh, compliance assessments, making sure that you're in compliance with PCI standards or HIPAA standards, all of those sorts of things. So, right. so we like to think of ourselves as the IT guy down the hall, we're just in a different building. Now, hey, you guys are strictly B2B, right? Business to business? Correct. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, with you being an account executive, you go out to these businesses, how many times have you come across where you're talking to a business and they just, they don't get how important cybersecurity and all, and even the networking is? They feel like they can do it themselves. It, it's a it's a very very common problem, particularly in small to medium businesses. You know, you get to a mm-hmm. certain scale where uh, it doesn't really matter what business or industry you're in. You start to realize you need some dedicated help. You know, when you're you're spanning across five locations or twelve locations, and you, you've got different departments, there there comes a point where every organization realizes that it's going to need either to outsource IT or to have a, a dedicated staff to do it. Right. It's the small to medium businesses, which is where we tend to focus most of our effort, where it's a little bit harder. And there's certainly a factor of people just not getting it. Mm-hmm. But there's also a, a certain reality and a demand of economics when you're starting out to say, I'm going to try to do as much as I can because IT support can be expensive. Oh yeah. You know, if you don't have the the knowledge or the expertise to do that sort of thing, then outsourcing professionals can seem like a very expensive thing to do until you do it wrong. 
<laughs> you know, until you have your business get owned in a ransomware attack or something like that. Yeah. And uh, the relative cost of hiring somebody to do it right the first time becomes so much cheaper than having to dig out of that hole uh, of, of reputational risk, of loss of information, of, you know, loss of clients, loss of business when your business gets owned. If we see what Baltimore City had to deal with, when it got owned successfully in a ransomware attack uh, last year, and you saw how difficult it was for them with all of their resources to right the ship and, and get it corrected and start moving forward again, then you have to think about how difficult it must be for a company that has 12 employees. Right. With Because of COVID and a lot of people working from home now, now, I do know that some people will go through a VPN and, you know, log into their server at work, but there are other businesses to where they don't do that. Has, I guess, sales for you picked up during this time? Because I I would think now, especially with the cybersecurity part, it'd be even more important for companies, you know, to be using you guys because of their employees working from home. There's certainly an elevated risk, and and we are starting to see an increase in sales. When when COVID nineteen first hit, and and it was in March, and we were all locked down, mm-hmm. uh, there was definitely not an increase in sales. Uh, people right. were much more you know concerned with the day to day. You know what is tomorrow going to look like? So we definitely didn't experience any new business during that period of time. But we we're also quite busy with our existing clients and making sure that we could get them to operate. We've for years, we've been building business continuity plans, disaster recovery plans for clients to have things operating in the background where we could pivot in the event of something like this. So right. it, we went from having probably, I'm going to use a rough estimate, but probably 5 to 10% of our remote end users were working remotely over VPNs. To now, of course, having you know having that number be closer to ninety percent of people working remotely uh, over VPNs or so or something like that. So we went from a situation where you know where we had in the in the month of March a lot of work to do to sort of move people over to those systems. Uh, we were able to do it pretty seamlessly and pretty quickly uh, because we have you know sort of been building towards having that functionality for many, many years. I, I think one of the things that's that's interesting about IT and one of the things that attracts me to it as, you know, individually is it is a little bit of planning for the worst case scenario at all times. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's a it's a field that by its very nature is risk averse, you know, and IT engineers are very risk averse people. You know, so we've we've been putting these plans in place for something that frankly we never actually thought would happen for many many years uh, and then we were very very grateful for that risk averse nature when when disaster actually did strike yeah it's funny because the one company i was with uh we had well we had government contracts and school contracts and one of the things we kept pushing was to have their you know people work from home and especially the government contracts, they didn't want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, it, it's it's not important. It's not important. Well, <laughs> look what happened now. You know, it's important now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. And we did have some contracts 
where they did do that. Of course, they provided a laptop mm-hmm. to their employee and everything, which makes sense because this way it's set up just like everything at work, more security, but. Yeah. And, and that know. is, you know, what, what you bring up there, Rich, is probably the most urgent or I should say the most ubiquitous, the most frequent problem that we're seeing right now. Uh, not not with our clients per se, although some of our clients, but but really just kind of across the industry overall is that organizations went from having, you know, maybe a handful of people working remotely or nobody mm-hmm. working remotely to suddenly needing to have their entire workforce work remotely. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if you have 80 employees, it's not an easy capital investment to just go buy 80 laptops and docking stations. And exactly. not to mention the fact that even if you did, and we did have organizations that did do that, there was such an increase in demand that it was hard to get the hardware. Yeah. You know, even even now, one of the things that's also sort of a, an interesting thing is that for years, laptops always had webcams in them. And it was only recently that manufacturers stopped doing that. Really? Yeah. So and you started to see in late 2018 and 2019, you started to see a lot of the manufacturers go away from having webcams embedded in the lid of the laptop. Ooh. And so we had a whole crop of brand new laptops go out right before COVID-19 struck with no webcam in them. And now people not realize that they were going to be using Zoom a lot. <laughs> exactly. And now you find yourself in a situation where you can't find a webcam. Like it's, you know, <laughs> go to Amazon right now and try and buy a webcam. You can find them, you know, in, in sort of fits and spurts, but but try to buy 80 of them for a large organization. You can't do it, you know. You can't, it's, you, that's funny. I would, because I was, I was just looking at laptops the other day that had, I got one for my daughter for college and it seemed like all of them had webcams now. I guess yeah, the newer any, ones anything, too. anything new certainly, yeah. certainly does now. Um, you know, and, and by no means was it a, a universal thing, but we started yeah. to see manufacturers going away from it over the last year and a half. And yeah, they, they 100% have them now. Well, and I can understand that too, because how many times have you seen somebody with a computer or a laptop that's got the webcam and they got a piece of tape over uh, yeah. it? Absolutely. Because yeah. they big brothers watching. They don't want them to see what they're doing. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it, it's it's a very, very common thing for sure. For sure. Now with the uh chamber, because you say you've been with the company for what, three years, right? Correct. Yeah. And we've been with the chamber the entire time that I've been there. I, I, I want to say it's been five or six years that we've been with the chamber. It may, have, it may actually even be longer. What have you gotten out of, out of the chamber so far? So one of the things that MNS group has always sort of treated as a, a missional focus has been to support our local community in the mm-hmm. best way that we can. You know, a, a lot of our business is, is in Harford County. A lot of our businesses outside of Harford County as well, but we we really think it's very very important for us as an organization and for us as human beings to support the community where we're planted. You know, we want to help the people in Harford County, we want to help the business owners to be able to sleep at night, know that they can focus on their core business and we'll take care of uh, watching the bad guys. So for us to be involved locally at the at the county level and to get to know 
the people up and down Bel Air Main Street and the people, you know, in the Route 40 corridor uh, mm-hmm. and to get to learn more about them and their business sort of drives that point home for us. You know, it's it's not an abstract thing that we want to make sure that, you know, X bank or X financial planner or X medical office is well protected. These are our friends and and members of our community that we know and trust and and love and uh, you know it's very very important for us to 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 get to meet with those people and the the chamber has given us a way or another way to be able to do those sorts of things so for me i try to attend the coffees and connections whenever i can i certainly can't get to all of them you know i know i, I feel bad i've missed some yeah, I, I try to get to the events uh, as much as possible to get to to find out who are the new businesses coming in town and to find out uh, who are who are the different people who might be struggling with an issue or what sorts of issues are people feeling on a day to day basis. You yeah. know, it helps me as well. Most of my day is spent either around people who are highly technical or business owners business owners who we're currently either working with or partnering with or we're you know having business conversations with right so that's most of what my day is so it's important for me to get out and to talk to people who are are struggling with sort of actually using technology and applying it on a day-to-day level at sort of that end user level like what is your understanding of kind of what's going on in the world yeah like how big of a th- do you realize how big of a threat business email compromise is is that something you're really feeling because we we live in it we're steeped yeah. in it every single day but how how much does that trickle down to the person who is running an insurance company that doesn't deal with this stuff every day mm-hmm. are they aware of it you know and, and the chamber helps me to to get that sort of grounding in reality and to get that exposure and talk to people about what their actual concerns are not what i right. think their concerns should be but what their actual concerns are now, for business owners out there that for some reason, or even organizations that for some reason have not joined the chamber or any chamber for that matter, um, and they're like, they're on the cuff. They want to, but they don't want to. Can you tell the people listening, number one, what, I guess, just tell them what are the the benefits of joining? I know I've, I've, uh, I'm glad I did because the biggest thing for me was just meeting people, which I do all the time now, you know, but um, what do you think one of the biggest benefits is since you've been in? I think it's community development for for me. You know, it, it is, it is meeting people, but it's also building your local community, getting to understand and, and know the things that are going on locally you know, because we can, we can meet people and a lot of people are out there in a meeting people every day, but are they the people who are the business owners in your community? Are they the people who are running the nonprofits in your neighborhood? You know, how are you finding opportunities to serve? How are you finding opportunities to get in front of uh, different people, to get to know people in different organizations? How do you know that there's not a business opportunity out there in an industry you simply haven't thought of? Because you've been so narrowly focused on uh, your own sort of missions and goals, uh, you know, if you're not out there in your community meeting people, you may have a marketing plan that's focused on doing X, Y, and Z, and somebody comes to you with problem A, B, and C that you're completely able to help them with, but you simply haven't yeah. thought of it. 
So I think you need that exposure. And in our sort of typical IT world of of looking at it from a risk, you know, a cost versus you know risk benefit analysis, I, I would simply say what you gain out of cham- chamber membership and involvement in comparison to what you spend on it, you know, it's orders of magnitude difference, yeah. you know, what you, what you're able to gain out of that. It's difficult to quantify for f- some folks sometimes, but if you, if you sign one additional business or get one additional job, you've probably paid for your chamber membership for the exactly. next few years. You know, like it's, yeah. It's not exactly. an expensive out, you know, it's not an outpouring of cash. It's really, it really isn't. Uh, I can understand. It's an investment. It. That's the Absolutely. way I look at it. Yeah. I can understand being a little reticent if you're sort of an, uh, somebody who's starting a, a one person business right out of the gate and you really are absolutely scraping pennies to make investments in your business to have the right tools and, mm-hmm. and market. I, I can understand some hesitance to want to put money towards that something, something like that in the first few months yeah. of your business. But, but once, once you start making a little money, I think it's very, very important to be involved in your local chamber. I don't know that it makes sense to join, you know, the, every chamber in every market that you serve. No. Uh, nah. maybe, maybe it does. Uh, maybe maybe it does. for maybe, some people, maybe but for some people, but yeah. But where you're rooted, you know, and where you hope to grow, I think it's really important to be a part of that community. Yeah, that, that's true, and that that's definitely very, very good uh, advice, especially for those people listening. Uh, Chad, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. So you can find me at um, Chad, or excuse me, at C Dukes. That's C D U K E S at mnsgroup.com, or you can give me a call. My number is 410-776-8636. Uh, I answer the phone. Maybe not at 2 a.m., but otherwise I'm answering the phone. Chad, thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Chad Dukes for coming on the show. And again, if you need any type of IT service, go ahead and contact him. Call 1-888-640-MNSG. M as in Michael, N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, and G as in Gary. So again, contact Chad Dukes with MNS Group at 188-640-MNSG or go to mnsgroup.com. If your business hasn't been on this podcast yet, please contact Kate Rodriguez of the Chamber at kate at harfordchamber.org and we'll go ahead and get you set up and get you on the podcast so you can tell everybody about your business and what you do. So again, contact Kate at kate at harfordchamber.org. My name is Rich Bennett with Harford County Living. Until next time, stay safe. <music>